Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor Joaquin G. Molina invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your goodness in this place. We give you thanks, Lord, that you're able to open your heart and pour it out. You say that you will give your instruction to a people who have a pure heart, pure hands, upright spirit. You will bestow your wisdom and your goodness upon those who fear God. We pray, Father God, that this morning your word might be revealed to us, revealing to us your character, and that your truth should set us free, and that as we contemplate and meditate upon these things, you say those who meditate upon your word day and night, everything they do shall prosper. And we claim that promise for our families and for our, our homes and for our children and grandchildren after us, Lord. Bless and prosper your word in our hearts. Sow your spirit as an impartation to our spirit today, O God, that we might understand how you have created all things and we might live under the shadow of the Most High. We give you thanks Prosper and bless your word in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. One of the saddest things that there can be uh, for our lives is to live outside of God's love. How many remember when you were outside of God's love? And, And you say, how is that possible that somebody could be outside of God's love? You know, when we shun the grace of God... When we say, God, I'm not ready for you, I'm not interested, Uh, your instruction is not going to instruct me, you're not going to build me up, I'm going to walk in my own ways. And that is the state that man fell in at the beginning. And the Bible says it was out of deception uh, that Eve was deceived into going into an area that God had not ordained. And and I, I pray that you would make a distinction Uh, in your life, uh, something that that a lot of people do not like to talk about in our days. It's called boundaries. People hate boundaries. They feel confined. They say, I want to be free. I want to find myself. I don't want anybody to define me. Let me tell you something, that ever since the beginning of time, God defined man. He, God defined all things. He is the author. He is the creator. If we're going to know anything about anything, we need to come to God. And, and there's, a, there's a whole uh, onslaught of people that uh, have learned to despise boundaries. They have learned to, despi- uh, to despise limits, uh, restrictions, reservations. Uh, they do not want to be held within a framework. And, you know, if we're God's masterpiece, uh, he has put us within his framework, within who he is. And I, I want to tell you furthermore that, that God leaves nothing without definition. His very essence is to define all things, and all things are defined in him. And he describes everything, and he puts everything in order. One of the Bible verses says, God is not a God of confusion. He's not a God of chaos. A woman is a woman. A man is a man. A boy is a boy. A a child is a child. Uh, A girl is a girl. And in all these things, there are things that define. Uh, There's a whole move upon the earth right now of adults that have decided that when their children are born, they're not going to define them boy or girl. 
They just name it a child. And, and they say, let our children define themselves. And so it's a curse. We have uh, uh, Warren Beatty and uh, one of the celebrities in Hollywood who has a little girl named Steven. And she wants to be Steve because she has two older brothers and she wants to be like her older brothers. Uh, last night I was listening to Cher's daughter, Chastity, and I just kept on going like this. I was, I was looking because that little girl was so precious. And I said, what happened? What happened now with a beard, now oversized, now walking in an arrogant uh, strut of a man, just totally manned up, uh, disappeared in all the description and definition. And so God is zealous with these things, uh, with passionate madness of seeing men walk away from the boundaries and the restrictions and limitations made by God. The word confusion is used at that level. It's a confusing thing. It's a, it's a coming together of all things that, that shall not be. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, this is the very beginning of us seeing the actual description of that which is beyond the boundaries of God. That which has gone farther than the restrictions and limitations he's placed in all things. And the Bible says that the earth was there and it had no form. It had no form, no description, no definition. It had no in, it had no out. It had no up, it had no down. And so in that regards, that allows for a desolate wilderness. That's what, that's what a desert is. There's no way into it, there's no way out of it. There's just a total wandering of nothingness, of non-description. And it says not only was it without form, but it was empty. That means that uh, when the question was asked, there was no answer. Just a perpetual curiosity of what can be, whatever. And uh, you you notice that, that a lot of the young people that are into rebellion, you say, pick up your room, and they go, whatever. Hey, you need to go to school, whatever. And what they're pronouncing is that rebellion that has come in upon the earth. A rebellion has hit the heart of man at levels far beyond our ability to describe. If, if we can describe how far we have fallen, we would weep perpetually. If man understood how lost he is, how lost he has become because he has decided to walk Far from anything that defines anything. Well, that's your opinion. Well, that's the way you see things. See, and they, they want to color everything into a nothingness. And that, that's not God. And that's not what God has granted us since the beginning. That's the utter work. That's the full fruit of the distraction and will of Satan. To question God. Did God in fact say... Isn't that what he told uh, Adam and Eve? Let's blur the lines. Let's not be so radical. Let's not be so intense. You're so religious. Where's grace in your life? Uh, grace has come nothing more than to return us to that place of restriction, to that place of instruction, to that place of limit and defining all things. Say with me, defining all things. Defining all things. That's the wisdom of God. That's where God wants to return us to. That's why the man who meditates upon the law of the Lord day and night, he's blessed and everything he does shall prosper.
Because he will be able to define that which is right from that which is wrong. And not, it depends. It's relative. And so in this mindset, the two words that are used there in Genesis 2, the first word, the earth with, without form. Uh, I, I want to remind you uh, a series we had here about a year, two years ago, tohu and bohu. The word tohu means without form. There is no beginning, there is no coming, there is no going. We're, we're free thinkers. There is no women, there is no men. There, uh, the same-sex marriage principle is based on tohu. Marriage has no form. Uh, you can marry a dog if you want. You can marry a man if you're a man. You, you can marry a woman if you're a woman. And so this is the state that we're living in. And again, it's the full work of the devil's fruit, of his doing, of his leading, of his mindset. Uh, the formless existence of nothing having value. That, that's horrible. The, the worth means value. And when you say God is worthy, that means that you're giving them great, great estimation. The word appreciation uh, is all in there. And then the second word, uh, empty, formless, tohu, and empty. With, um, you could use the word unfruitful, bohu. Tohu and bohu are the Hebrew words that describe a place with no definition and thus no fruit. Now, it's going to be very scary in our lives when after much effort and much deliberation and much um, time passing and we have no fruit, we are unfruitful. Uh, we have walked in a mindset of laziness. We have walked in the opposite of what God has defined in all things. And so you'll see that the work of God is to begin, and he starts out right after this, to send his spirit upon the earth. And we wouldn't be listening to this word today if it wasn't for the spirit of God. It says, and then the spirit of God came upon the face of the waters. The spirit of God comes in our life, and it does something. The Spirit of God begins to make you yearn. I want to know and I want to do the will of God. I want to know what God wants me to know. And I don't only want to know it for intellectual religious theology. I want to do the will of God. I want to know and do what God wants. And that will define you. That will define you. It's a big difference to walk in the opposite of no boundaries, no limits, no restrictions. If we're going to change the world, if we're going to change our mindset, the following verse says, and God said, let there be light. Verse 3. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now how horrible. This is not talking about the sun. This is talking about all things clarity, all things purity, all things transparency. When you walk in the light, everything you do is seen. And people says they did not like the light. They preferred darkness because their works were evil. Those people that cannot stand, a lot of them won't come to church because the light is here. The light has come. Jesus is the light. And so as he pronounces upon the earth the difference, what's the opposite of light? 
you wouldn't know unless there was boundaries. There's a boundary with light and darkness. There's a boundary with truth and lies. There's a boundary with fellowship and rebellion. There's a boundary with those who love God and those who don't. Oh, you can't say I don't love God. Listen to me. You will be known by your works, and your works deny that you love God. Because laying down your life for for one another, that is the hallmark of love. Jesus says, when you keep my commandments, then that's when you love me. Don't go around saying you love God and you break his commandments. You love God and you're pursuing adultery. You love God and you're in a fornication relationship. That's far from what God wants. And so this process, we said it back then, the process from going from darkness to light, from the kingdom where it's chaos and confusion to the kingdom of his son, of his pleasure. In that transition, listen to me, the word is discipleship, discipline, a calling back to God. That's what God does to his people from day one. He starts separating the light from darkness. He starts separating the waters from the sky. He starts separating the sea from the earth. He starts separating the the light that shines at night from the light that shines in day. Isn't it powerful that we have a God wherewith which we live within his boundaries? uh, David says, the lines of my inheritance have fallen in a delightful place. Listen to me. This was what he was saying. Thank you, God. Thank you for for showing that distinction of crapola with the creative, powerful provisions of a loving God. Things God never wanted us to see or experience. The devil says, in the day that you eat of that apple, you will be like God. There will be no difference between good and evil. He says, your eyes will be opened. I often say, I want my eyes closed. I often have to change the channel to not see what the devil wants me to see. I often have to set boundaries in my life to not go where the devil says, oh, no problem, just go. When I was uh, getting to know Yvette and we would go out to the movies and we would sit down at a theater and something would start, I said, no, we're not going to see this. We're not going to eat off the demon's table. We're not going to eat off the portion of a pig. And we would get up and leave. And we begin to make distinction on those things that would please God and those things that weren't. Oh, you're not allowed to go to the movies. No, it's not that we're not allowed to. It's that we have decided to bring the God of glory into our life. He has instructed us now how to live. How to live to enjoy life. What, What words to say, what words to not say. It's powerful what God is doing in our lives through this process of the discipleship in his spirit. And let me tell you something. Those that come to God will allow God to disciple them. They're not going to sit there and resist the hand of God. And, and they're not free thinkers. I, I remember um, one of Billy Graham's friends, um, Charles Templeton, he was a preacher. He was a powerful, charismatic uh, evangelist. He was more powerful than Billy Graham. He decided to sit down and to listen to Satan one day. There is no distinction upon the earth between God and between the things of the devil. There's no distinction between light and darkness. There's no distinction between going to church and not going to church. Having a pastor and not having a pastor. Reading your Bible and not reading your Bible. This evangelist, powerful man of God, Charles Templeton, became something called free thinker. 
a free thinker, is a man without no limits, a man with no restrictions, a man with no curfews, a man who comes and goes as he pleases. He's called a wonder. A wonder. He honors nothing. He walks under no pattern. There is no discipline in his life. He's a free thinker. Let me be who I want to be. And so in that regards, these men are given up to themselves. You have the prodigal son. You have Cain. You have um, the, the, the men who rebelled in, in the Tower of Babel, Nimrod, who rebelled and says, no God, no restriction, no laws, no authority, no walking in any mindset. Everything is the same. All pastors are the same. All churches are the same. All religions are the same. All genders are the same. And when we begin to walk in that mindset, you will walk contrary to what God has defined. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, he says like this, that you might be able to comprehend what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. When we see these things, we see boundaries. We see measures. Well, you can't be a man who says, I can do everything and God still loves me. I can go anywhere and the love of God is still with me. That's a deception. Be careful with that. You're going to go right into hell thinking that you have peace with God. But you're outside of the boundaries of his truth. You're outside of what he has spoken. He says, let us comprehend together with all the saints what's the width, the length, the depth, and the height. It's not limitless. It's not without measure. It has no, uh, you can't walk like saying there's no boundaries. That, that is a psychopath. That's a man who has lost his conscience. That's a man who thinks that he could do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants and it's appropriate. And God is calling us through His Spirit to His kingdom. A kingdom of a dominion of joy and peace. The dominion talks about, the kingdom talks about government. Talks about the written established laws of God. I, I want to challenge you with the fact that today we live so far outside the instruction of God we can't even appreciate it. Uh, last night I was uh, going to sleep and I was meditating. I don't know if you've ever heard the, the words... Um, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You will end up in a place where there is torment, where there is perpetual crying and gnashing of teeth. Have you heard gnashing of teeth? Gnashing of teeth is when you're in a place of so much fear, your jaw locks and your teeth start grinding. And this is the place that people will end up because they've turned their back on the boundaries of God. Just, just contemplate for a second a place where you are so frightful. Fear, it's not like, huh, nothing's going to happen to me. You walk freely. No, no, no. This is a place of awful torment. It's a place that's defined by God. And some men will say, there is no devil. There is no hell. There is no gnashing of teeth. My friend, there is a hell. It's defined by God as a place where the fire is never quenched, where the worms never stop eating the flesh, where the gnashing of teeth is the grinding of your teeth because it is such a wearisome place. If we've lost the ability to fear God, like we said last week, if we've blown through every boundary mark God has in our life, we've lost our conscience with where we're going and what we're doing, that's a fearful place. 
And, and Christianity in modern times has come in that category. That's, that's the menu being served today. There are no limits. There are no restrictions. Grace will take you. Grace will take you to places where, where you can go and there's no problem. Last night as we were going to sleep, we watched a, a pastor that's in Miami taking his family to a bar and saying, we've had a beautiful service tonight. Now we are at the World of Beer, a new joint here in Miami with his children. And you sit there and wonder, you say, what is going on? Where has this life taken us? What is going on? Men and women who do not want to walk in the fear of God. You know, just like Satan showed up to Adam and Eve in chapter 3 of Genesis. And he says, you could come into this life by despising the restrictions of God. We could go there very quickly. Genesis 3, verse 1. The invitation to take up the devil on forsaking the restriction and boundaries of God. The forsaking of the boundaries of wholesomeness. The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, is there a line there? Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Do not sit there in that restriction. Do not sit there in that boundary. Verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. Crossing that line will not be your end. For God knows in the day you eat, your eyes will be opened. It will be a freedom experience. You will see things your parents don't want you to see. You will go places your parents don't want you to go. You will have friends your pastor won't want you to have. You will be like God doing your own thing, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw the tree, contemplated the boundary that it was good for food, that it was pleasant and seductive to the eyes. It was desirable to make one wise, and she took the fruit and ate. She also spread the wealth. How many know those people that spread the wealth? Romans 1 says not only do they do evil, but they teach others to do evil. Not only do they do what's wrong and walk far from the restrictions and boundaries of God, but they pass it on to the next person. Nothing will happen to you. Look, I did it and I'm doing fine. And so in that regard, we see Satan removing man. The consequences of sin are shame, are guilt, are rejection, resentment. They were ousted. Who, who removed man from the garden? Must have been a bad devil. Must have been an evil pastor. Must have been a strict church. It was God. God asked man to no further live in the garden. To no further have fellowship with God. To not walk in the shade of the day. In the cool of the evening. The, the things that God had marked out for man to enjoy life. Now he would have to toil. He would have to work. He would fall from grace. Romans 3.23 says, Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I want to challenge you with this. God is restoring our glory. How many say amen? God is bringing us back to a place of, of restriction, of limits, of instruction. God is reeling me in what I thought was impossible. I'm running towards God. Your commandments are delightful to me. 
I enjoy the ways of your instruction. The wise love instruction. The fools despise it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I can glorify God anywhere. I could go to a nightclub. I can be gay for the Lord. We've heard that in this generation. It's not funny. It's sad. I could be a thief for God. I'm taking your money. I go, down to, I go to the church down the street. Give me your money. We saw that on a video. We saw men that are, are warping the instruction of God, the restriction, the boundaries of God. Suffice it to say um, that, that if we have God's understanding and he's calling us over to a place of, of security, to a place of protection, to a place of provision, even this, these teachings on tithing, you're like, I can't believe they're, they're placing restrictions. Listen to me, God wants to bless you beyond measure, but his measure don't fall into the deceit that the more you hoard, the more you have. That's deceptive. God wants us to know his boundaries in every aspect of our life. I, I'm, it's curious because if you talk to a gay man about his gayness, and about six months ago a man came here to the church, and he says, they said that you guys were a gay-friendly church. I said, yes, we are. Give me a hug. I love you. I love you, and I know God's call upon you, and I know what Jesus redeemed, and I know what Jesus wants for you. He wants you to have a family. He wants you to have children. He wants you to grow up to be a father, to be a grandfather, to have fruitfulness, not to be without fruit. That's what God wants. And so he, he giggled and laughed, and he thought it was curious that I would have a non-accusatorial mindset. I wasn't criticizing him. I wasn't holding him accountable. I was just telling him, listen to me, there are boundaries of blessing. There's instruction for your increase and you're capturing the things of God. Well, guess what? He left and never came back again. Six months later, I hear he committed suicide. The full work of tohu, without form, no life. And bohu, the emptiness and unfruitfulness. Because in his mindset, he didn't understand that the boundaries of God are a blessing. That when God is instructing you, when he's leading you, when he's teaching you, it's a blessing to be in that place. And so we learn these things. That what God is doing, the first thing he does is he, he gives man a, uh, the Ten Commandments. He says, hey, guys, you guys are so without form and without fruitfulness that if you don't keep these ten fundamental aspects of life, the first four have to do with our relationship with God. And then the last six have to do with our relationship with one another. God is, is filling us up with instruction. He's filling us up with relationship. We, we are the most severely flawed in our relationship. We can, we can have a dad all our life. We're 21 and we say, Dad, I never want to see you again. Get lost. I never want to have a relationship with you. I don't want to know you. I want to do my own thing. We walk away. And one of the commandments is honor your father and mother so that it will go well with you. This restriction is good for you, my friend. Good for you. To make you fruitful, to give you form, to make a, a man of character. We just went this weekend to Orlando, and I was just, you guys know, you guys know pastor. I was like, look at, what, look at all these people, this, just messed up people. Not because they don't have religion. They have no God in their life. They have no good, bad, ugly. They have nothing. It's all goes. And, and it's horrible because that's not what God created. And so the commandments teach us the reality to define order, to make things substantive. 
Satan has launched a man, uh, an attack, bringing man outside of God's protection, provision, relationships. Your best friends with who? Are you kidding me? Who have you chosen to be your friend? That's something you choose. And if he does not love God, how can you say he's your friend? How can you fellowship? I taught my nieces to tell their schoolmates, if you don't love God, you're a loser. If you don't love God, you're a loser. Get away from me. Why are you a loser? Because you will be unfruitful. You will be undefined. There will be no quality of life in your life. And so God is instructing us through his word. In Romans 3.23, the man falls short of the glory of God. But in Hebrews 12.15, he says, be careful lest you fall short of the grace of God. One is falling short of the glory. The next is falling short of the grace. Looking carefully lest anyone shall fall short of the grace of God. Because when you don't have grace, you'll have bitterness in your heart. It says it right there. Roots of bitterness will spring up and they will defile you. You'll be corrupt. You'll start rebelling in the name of resentment. In the name of emotional hurt. Emotional brokenness will lead you to be more and more defiled. When Madonna kisses Britney Spears, it wasn't the gay issue. It was rebellion. It was, it was coming against order. And we're against established religion. Listen to me. You're insane. You don't know what you're talking about. You should be against all religion. But not the established order of God, of family, of, of the government of our country. How these rebels stand up to overthrow countries. To put them in the hands of psychopaths like Hugo Chavez. In the name of, of revolution. Have a revolution. But get Satan out of your life. Start bringing boundaries into your life. Start bringing the order of God. Don't fall short of the grace of God. We first fell short in sin of the glory of God. But now grace is able to remove sin out of our life. Don't fall short of the grace. We've already fallen short of the glory. We're already undefined by humility, generosity, love, meekness, temperance, self-control, diligence. None of those things define us. We're walking in pride. That's, that's listen to me. If you're proud, you're walking past the boundary of God because the line is humility. If you're walking as a fool, the line is wisdom. Stop at the line of wisdom. Ask for wisdom. And it will be given to you in abundance, freely. Ask for God's order in your life. As he introduces himself to Moses, he says, I am. I love that. I am. Listen to me. It defines everything. Bring I am to every aspect, every relationship, every business deal in your life. Make Jesus an I am. Not, I don't know, who knows, the, the spiking of you're not better, uh, what, what do you care? No, it's the definition of order in all things. We go on to understand that, that God hates when we bypass 
his order. In Revelations, the last book of the Bible, he says, if you add to this Bible, all the curses shall be added to you. Chapter 22, verse 18, for I testify everyone who hears these words of this book, if anyone adds to them, are you writing your own chapter? You're writing your own book? I will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book, I shall take away his part of the book of life from the holy city and from the things which are written. Listen, if God says do not add, there's a boundary of addition. If God says do not subtract, do not take away, there's a boundary of subtraction. There, there's, a, there's a mindset, don't add, don't take away, don't limit. And when God does this, it's to keep us in the fair boundaries of his grace. Proverbs 11.1, 1, the Lord hates inaccurate scales, weights, boundaries, measures. They're an abomination to him. He Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. The Lord will delight in this mindset. Proverbs 16, 11, honest scales and balances are from the Lord, giving the weight of those things that have. Listen to me. Honoring your parents has a lot of weight for the Lord. Oh, no, it doesn't because I don't. Oh, no, it doesn't because I don't. The Bible says your pastor deserves double honor because He's to be given further weight, more influence. And when you subtract that, you're headed for a mismeasurement. You're headed for a, a limit. Uh, you know, I, I always say like this, why does God hate inaccurate maps? Okay, if I were to tell, okay, one, two, stop. You take two steps and you're on safe ground. Somebody says, oh, you're just exaggerating. I could take three, one, two, and you're going down for the count. You're going off a cliff. You're going off a cliff. And, and the destruction is irreparable. And we should, we should really be seeking the face of God. Uh, one young man says, oh, pastor, you exaggerate all the time. I go, look, if I was exaggerating, I would have a little sign in, um, on my chest like the rearview mirror on passenger side doors that says objects seem closer than they appear. <laughs> if when I tell you be careful, you say I still have time, you're a dead duck. If I tell you you're walking far from what God has for you, you're, you're going too fast, you, you're, 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 you're not going to fall within grace, within glory, have your ears perked up and listen. Proverbs 20, verse 10, it says, those differing weights and differing measure, the Lord detests them both. You know what a comedian is? A comedian is one who makes things light. That's why people like them. That's why they're so famous in our country. We're so stressed out, we want somebody to joke around. But there's some things in life that are not to be joked around with. And I tell my kids, don't Joke around with God and don't joke around with the things of God. It's a fearful thing to despise the boundaries of a loving God. The boundaries of a loving God. And he hates when we speak otherwise. There is a season for us to honor things, places, people. And there's those people who honor no one. They give weight of serious to no one. They don't listen to the words of anyone. They have not rightly weighed the scales. They honor nothing. No one, 
No one is destined to a life of prosperity that does not have the capacity to, to discern boundaries and measures and times. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 10 says there's a whole list of these men who walk in this mindset. They, they have no measure. They have no stature. They have no fullness. They define nothing. They throw everything in the pile of, oh, well, it doesn't matter, whatever. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the selfish, unclean desires to despise authority, to despise boundaries. They are presumptuous. Nothing's going to happen. I'm okay. They are self-willed. I will determine what's right and what's wrong. They are not afraid to speak evil of those people God has placed in order of dignity, in order of respect, in order of honor. Verse 11. Whereas angels who are of greater power and might do not bring reviling accusations before them in the Lord. The angels who are a lot stronger do not. Verse 12, but these like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed. Listen to me, if you have no awareness of danger, if you have no awareness of right and wrong, if you do not fear what God instructs you to fear, it says you'll be caught and destroyed. They speak evil of the things they do not know or understand. They will utterly perish in their own corruption. Verse 13, Verse 13, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness. Those who count it pleasure, those who think it good to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deception while they feast with you. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. They're enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are cursed children. These, these are those that have no semblance of any restriction, boundary, waiver, limits. It's, it's a, a crazy scenario. I praise God for him instructing our lives. I praise God for, for teaching us. Uh, I was 13 already and have decided I would listen to no one ever again. The devil had me in his grasp all along until Jesus came up and began to disciple to train us up through his spirit, to cleanse our way in the way we were walking. Deuteronomy 22 verse 5 says that unto God it's an abomination for a man to dress like a woman. And people do it today joking around. Deuteronomy 22 5. We just saw a video, Deuteronomy 22 5. A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man. Nor shall a man put on what a woman's garment, for all who do so are an abomination to God. They, they provoke nausea in the heart of God. A young man here in South Florida, uh, his dad put him his sister's little crown. She, wore, she, she won an award when they were in elementary, and, and he put a crown on her. And, and the young man says, ever since that moment that I saw myself in the mirror, I knew I was a queen. He's a guy. He's a man. We joke around all the time putting mustaches on our, on our daughters, uh, dressing our little kids in, in their, letting them play with dolls, letting them play with the ballerina. And all these things are an abomination. Why? Because they have trampled the boundaries of God. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. 
There's a whole generation of men and women that are doing this. They're trampling the grace of God. Jude. In Jude, I, I believe it's uh, Jude, I believe it's 14. Let's read that, Jude 12. It says, they turn the grace of God into a lie. They trample the grace of God. They say it doesn't matter. They, they twist. Let's go to uh, verse 4. For certain men have crept unnoticed. These guys are, are here and they're unnoticed. Who long ago are marked out for destruction. Ungodly men who turn. Listen to me. Listen to this. Turn the grace of our God into selfish pursuit. Oh, the grace of God lets me go to church when I want. Oh, the grace of God lets me pray when I want. Oh, the grace of God lets me drink beer. Oh, the grace of God lets me have a girlfriend or two. A grace of God lets me have an adulterous affair. Listen to me. They have twisted the boundaries of God. And they're in this generation. Let's stand this morning and ask God for mercy. Ask God that we would not be part of those men who, who have all things as common. All things as ordinary. If you read with me Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18. This is what the Lord says who created the heavens. Isaiah 45 18. This is what the Lord God says who created the heavens. Who is God. Who formed the earth and made it. Who established it. Who did not create it in chaos. This will show you that it wasn't God's work. Who did not establish it. Did not create it in vain. That word vain is unfruitful, empty, undefined. Living for the moment. Things that have no weight. Who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord God and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in chaos. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I will declare and put all things in their rightful place. Let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you like to experience your life in the order of God? In the peace of God? In the joy of God? In the provisions of God? Don't allow the devil to entice you. Don't allow your friends to mock your boundaries, to mark your limits. I remember from a young age, my, my boys were growing up in school and everybody making fun of them. Oh, you can't have a girlfriend. And my son would say, yes, I can. I don't want to be a fool like you. You've already had four of them. I don't want to walk in foolishness. I want to do things in God's rightful order with his proper restrictions, with boundaries of blessing, with peace, with joy, with fruitfulness, with increase. Powerful things God has laid up for those who wait upon the Lord. Powerful things for those who say it's a good thing to take on a yoke during our youth, like it says in the book of Lamentations. This morning, I invite you to have a renewed mindset the mindset of discipleship, of the call of God through the Spirit of God to be in a rightful order. In a life of a pastor, there's, there's restrictions, there's boundaries, there's consecration. It doesn't matter who doesn't want it. You must walk in that boundary. That's what gives you your anointing. That gives you your authority. That gives you your provision. And people are always like, come on, pastor, come with me. I'm going to go see Men in Black Part 5. I don't see that stuff. I want to see the glory of God. I want to see the goodness of God. If, if you're going to see the things God has for you, you can't eat off the pig's plate. 
You can't hang out with pigs eating from the pig's plate. You call yourself aside and you say, let me hear the voice of His Spirit. Let me walk in the holiness of God. Let me walk in the purity of undefiled flesh. Let me, let me have a different inheritance. As we sing this song, can you please tell God, Lord, I want you to teach me your boundaries. Teach me the fear of God. Teach me to walk with, with world-changing limitations and restrictions so I can serve a faithful God. As we sing this song, you're, you're bowing your heads and you're saying, God, I want what you have for me. Renew my mind. Renew my thoughts.